Welcome to Integral Christian Network Podcast, where we explore ways of evolving towards a more loving, inclusive, and embodied mystical Christianity. Well, I'm glad that uh, today we get to explore with my good friend and spiritual soulmate, Paul, uh, who's here with us today. So, hi, Paul. Hi, Luke. How are you doing? I'm doing great, especially talking to you and David and seeing you here. You guys are so wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it's good to be wonderful. together in this way, and I'm thankful that we get a chance to really dive deep into the subjects that are near and dear to our heart, and not just mm. the subjects themselves, but of course the practices themselves. So this, we're looking for these podcasts to not just be informative, but formative, you know, not just information, but the capacity to have direct experience um, through this medium and through this craft. So Luke... You want to lead us into a body grounding exercise before we jump in? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, we're, we're, uh, our kind of central practice that we use in our WeSpace groups and then the network we call whole body mystical awakening. And one of the reasons we do that and engage in that way is so that we are with one another from our whole body, not just our head, uh, even not just our heart, right? But we have, uh, these different centers of spiritual knowing within us. So even, um, and Paul's great because he knows all about this. He he created it in a way. So um, we're going to try and just experiment with kind of moving into each of those centers so that we can seek to be present with uh, one another from those spaces and speak from all of those those places within. So we'll begin by just with a moment here to feel yourself in your body. Um, Feel yourself right here, right now, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Just breathe into your heart space. We always start with the heart as our deep radiant center emanates out love and bliss. It's our relational space of connecting to one another. And now feel yourself in your feet. Wiggle your toes. Just feel your grounding to the earth. You can even imagine roots going down and connecting you to this earth that we all share. You can draw energy from that earth, from material reality in our embodied sense of being. And now move up to your womb, to your gut space. You can even put your hands there. Feel your presence in your spiritual womb. We all have a spiritual womb, whether we're male or female. And this is a space of our deepest identity. We can move into that holding, that flow, where God is continuously creating us in each moment. And now we'll bring in our headspace as well. Often coming from the rest of the body, we find that our mind is unusually cleared there's a vibrant stillness so that things can arise from our deep self underneath the mental chatter and usual runnings of our mind. So it's from this space of whole body awareness that we will move into our conversation. I feel spacious already. Yeah. Well, Paul, you've been a pastor, uh, a, an author, and a hero to me, but a pioneer into what we call integral Christian spirituality. And so, really, today we want to dive into the experiences and some of the story that led you here. Uh, not just vocationally, of course, um, in, in that you've shepherded people to this level of spirituality, 
over the years, but how you came to integral uh, spirituality and, and how you integrated that into your Christian uh, tradition. So where would you like to start? Oh, my. <laughs> I have, I have a, a lifetime of starts and stops. <laughs> I guess uh, all my life I've been attracted to the mystical and uh, couldn't find it <laughs> in my Southern Baptist Church growing up and couldn't find it in seminary and and tried to get it going in my church for 49 years. Um I, I found uh, some of it in, in the charismatic movement, which was a blessing. Uh, but uh, I, I, I didn't really uh, find what I was searching for until I was 60. And that's when I discovered Ken Wilber, a practicing Buddhist who, uh, who, whose way of thinking and integral philosophy uh, he, he's the Einstein of consciousness in my mind. Uh, opened me up to uh, to, to spiritual uh, experiences and and states of consciousness and so on. And um, uh, then I uh, also at age sixty, uh, I'll be very uh, self-revealing here. <laughs> I uh, I had considered myself to be a uh, straight man, married for 33 years with two kids. And uh, uh, some uh, some of the gays in our congregation who were there by virtue of Don't Ask, Don't Tell uh, in our Southern Baptist Church said, Paul, you've changed your mind about everything else. Go read the Bible again and change your mind about us gays. So I did. And after a year's study and reflection, and uh, when I changed my theological grid and realized I'd been totally out of out of the ballpark around sexuality there, and the Bible didn't say anything about that, and uh, welcomed the gays into our congregation after the congregation decided to let that be okay. Uh, what I did is I discovered that I was a gay man, and uh, what what that did. Uh, after a friendly divorce and my kids accepting me and my church accepting me, for a while I was the only gay, openly gay Southern Baptist pastor in the world. <laughs> then the Southern Baptist got rid of us, understandably. Uh, what that did is when I took, when I stopped repressing my sexuality, I stopped repressing my spirituality. And that had been the problem all along. I mean, it's, a, it's an integral problem. I was not integrating. I was not integrating my sexuality, and and therefore I was not able to integrate and open up to my spirituality. And so between uh, uh, sex and Ken Wilber, I <laughs> I took off, and uh, uh, it, it was wonderful. Wow! And so life has been just incredible the, the ensuing twenty three years. Just the most exciting times, all the th all the things I wanted to happen and things I could never imagine happening, uh, started happening uh, between the, those two experiences. So that's I have many stories in between. That's so that's, that's such a beautiful way of opening up how you got there and and what came forth when you began to get in touch with your deeper identity and and. One of the things that I love to to explore in my own life and in the lives of others who get to points like this is what were the little steps that led to the freedom to explore those kinds of things? I know, you know, uh, in my own story, being raised in a more fundamentalist, right-leaning, you know, uh, Christian bubble that I was in, you didn't go explore uh, but in my own journey, there was like these little moments of inner inspiration and inner freedom that said, no, go ahead, go explore that. Go, go read. I remember um, Richard Rohr, who was a mass, who was and is a, a hero of mine, uh, always referenced this Ken Wilbur, Ken Wilbur. Who's this Ken Wilbur guy? And why does he keep talking about him? And then there was just this moment where I said, you know, read him. It's okay. Go find him. And I'm wondering... You know, you started, and, and you actually mapped this out in your book, Integral Christianity, but I was wondering if you could describe maybe some of those inner experiences that just said, 
Paul, go ahead. What were those moments like? Yeah, well, of course, I've always been a voracious reader, explorer, and always uh, 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 exploring new things. Uh, so that's that's the second nature to me. Um, so I'm trying to think back. Uh, of course, when I changed my theological grid, that opened up my inner self um, sexually. Um, and with 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 Ken, you know, I would just I I, I I I read one taste or some of his books that described his experiences and the eloquence, and I'd just be thrilled. And uh, I began began uh, um, practicing as well as I could. I was still in the uh, mind-oriented practice. Boy, that's hard work. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, trying to clear my mind of thoughts. Yeah, good going with that. Good luck. And uh, yeah, uh, but 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 uh, I would ha I would have experiences. Uh, I I remember. One uh, one day I was meditating and I'd finally gotten off the thoughts uh, and uh, and suddenly uh, 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 the room I was in, my eyes were open. Uh, suddenly everything, all the walls and the floor and and the, the apartment here became transparent, and uh, it was it was uh, it was very disorienting and. Uh, so I thought, well, I'm having some kind of spiritual experience here, some kind of transcendent experience. And they were. They were really transcendent, uh, transparent. And, 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 and it, it seemed like that my inner reality of being me and God and spiritual things were more real than physical things. I mean, because I could look right through the walls and the floor. So... Uh, uh, I, I stayed in that for about an hour, and I, I was very disoriented for a few days. But that was a uh, that was a really a, a transforming experience. Uh, I, I I've also um, I, I ha I've uh, been agoraphobic all my life. I've had panic attacks ever since I've been in college, and uh, 20 years of therapy and Pro Prozac and so on didn't help much. Uh, but uh, as I be as I uh, began moving into integral and uh, my own uh, self-expression, I remember uh, I was oh it's where 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 I met you uh, in Santa Barbara. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow, that was my first time out. I had stopped traveling for a while. I couldn't even leave my house. And so I stopped speaking around the country and stopped traveling for a number of years. And so I accepted this invitation to Santa Barbara because it was Santa Barbara and it could look beautiful. <laughs> so I, I, uh, uh, the first night I got there and I was ready to go to bed. And I thought, okay, this is, this is when I start to panic. You know, I was, I was already with my Xanax and everything in case I panic. And, uh, I, I didn't panic. And so I tuned in to 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 God, and uh, I, I suddenly had this experience of uh, I, I was very conscious of being in Santa Barbara as a agoraphobic. You're very conscious of where you are and how far away from home you are. So here I was, thousands, hundreds of miles away from the central United States on the West Coast, and this is the time I have a panic attack. And suddenly, I realized it wasn't that I was in Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara was in me. The whole city was inside of my heart. And it just took my breath away. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't have any energy for a panic attack. That was so transforming. And uh, so the, the panic attacks basically uh, started leaving then. I haven't had one in years. And... Uh, so that that was another uh, one of those wonderful experiences uh, of, uh, uh, of of prayer in a deeper state. Yeah, Paul. You know what what really strikes me about that is um, Santa Barbara wasn't in your head. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Santa Barbara was in your heart, and I think that you know that that's a lot of why we do how we do it, what we do. Right? Is 
um, you know, even in your story talking about taking that theological grid off of your mind, right? We, uh, I think that's a common uh, experience in Christianity, right? To just have this sort of lid or grid or set of walls in our mind around, you know, what we can and can't do. And, and, you know, that, that can really hold us back, you know, uh, we don't want to disown the mind. And, you know, of course we have to, we have to work through that. We don't just tear it down and disown it. Right. But it's that moving into the energy of the body to the heart and then later to the womb and, and our feet, like we've, we've explored, but, um, that's such a huge step. You know, I can imagine people hearing those experiences and maybe they've had mystical experiences like that, or, or maybe they haven't, right? Maybe that sounds really foreign or far away. Um, you know, but I think a big part of opening up to those, just like I heard from you saying in your story is to really move into that embodied sense of energy and presence and spirit, uh, that consciousness to, to be open to experiencing the world in that way. Uh, I'll just share a a quick story. Um, I remember being at that uh, seminar or symposium of some kind, but you were leading it. And I remember uh, communicating with you beforehand. I had jumped into your work, and and, and you had let me know you'd be in Santa Barbara, which is about uh, 90 minutes from where I live. So I jetted out there, spent spent the weekend out there, and I remember taking you out to lunch that weekend and then hearing the next day that you were agoraphobic and in my mind I wanted to jump underneath the chair because I thought oh my gosh I I shoved Paul into my little blue Saturn and I ran him around and I just said hey Paul we'll let spirit guide us to the place where we're going to eat for lunch and then I heard after that that you were agoraphobic and I thought oh my goodness my free-spirited crazy just we'll we'll land somewhere but we did get some delicious tacos i might add but the next day when you shared that story i I both panicked and then felt a sense of celebration at the same time that you had had that experience and i think luke with what you just shared and it's something that i'd like for us to explore a little bit further is that really in today's modern and postmodern context there is such a center of gravity to our left brain logic reason rationale uh the head will figure this out the head has got the is you know uh what some call the control tower and um and really there's come even though there's a resurgence of yoga in in certain circles there's really been this sort of a, a, a lot of emphasis on thinking a lot of emphasis on head space our heart space is kind of out of whack and then occasionally we'll jump in and out of the body. But what we've been exploring in our we space and, and through the Integral Christian Network is really how to embody and integrate all three spaces in a very healthy, non-competitive, non-unsynchronized, if that's a word, way of engaging those, those centers. So I was, I was wondering if, if one of you would like to say a little bit more about that. Uh, well, uh, that's what I started integrating. I started integrating my heart, my gut, and my feet, along along with my mind. I didn't totally neglect that, uh, and uh, uh, but I got out of my mind. So, uh, uh, and and that uh, that began to to integrate me, uh, uh, and out of that is coming not only head experiences but heart experiences and and gut womb experiences and feet experiences uh just this morning uh i i, I was i took uh took 45 minutes to do just what luke led us in that's the practice i i do and uh uh i got uh, i see i got i got up to my uh womb space and uh, just just sort of sank into that, and uh, then uh, suddenly, and, and I I I, put, I I had my eyes open. Uh, suddenly, with my eyes open, <laughs> I I saw a computer screen, and uh, uh, on it was uh, looks like our Zoom groups that we have meet in WeSpace. And I thought, what is this? 
uh, am I dreaming? And, so, and also, or is there really, am I in front of my computer now? So I put my hand out. That's a sign. If it stops, that the computer's there. If it doesn't, I'm having a vision. And it went right through. And, and what I realized is that it, that now, now that Luke and I meet with all these groups to, to launch them around the world, it's it's this this community, this energy field that I'm beginning to connect with and associate with. And they joined me this morning in my own meditation time. And there they were on on the screen, you know. And one guy was talking, and we talked back and forth. And there were the other people in the group. I I, I don't remember if I recognized any of them or not, but it was like, oh, my my friends from Zoom. Uh, are, are all with me in my own, the, the energy field here in my apartment, in my own meditation time. And we're creating this field that I'm a part of that's worldwide. And I think, I think because we, we've gotten in touch with our four centers of spiritual knowing, we're creating an energy field that's actually changing the world. It's actually radiating out to the world. Uh, the more people that do that, and we're not the only ones doing that, of course. And uh, so it was. It was just so. It was just so beautiful. That was just this morning. That is beautiful. And I'm wondering if if uh, the two of you might be able to speak into that neglected, almost or just newly discovered or anciently rediscovered practice of that fourth center, the, the feet and the ground, the rootedness, the connection, the almost shamanic uh, connection to, to Mother Earth. Uh, Luke, would you like to jump in on that? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to talk about that. And um, that's that's been one of the primary ways that I've been experiencing um, some of my mystical experiences. And, um, you know, it, it these experiences are really... Um, I don't know. I feel like I want to say something about them because we can sort of glorify those sometimes too, right? We can say, oh, you know, that's really cool thing. And, and it is really cool, <laughs> um, you know, but really what it's for is, is to expand our sense of wholeness, right? Our sense of knowing in ways that are beyond the limitations that we put on ourselves and the limitations that culture and society and our training and theology, right? Uh, education have limited us in so many ways and it, it kind of hems us in. So, we can talk more about that too if we want, but uh, you know the feet center. This this place, um, this is sort of the center that connects us to our embodiment, connects us to the earth, to this um, incarnated uh, material reality. Right, we are embodied incarnated folk. Right, <laughs> that's our Christian tradition. That's our heritage, even though. Um, you know, maybe a lot of Christian history hasn't always necessarily embraced that fully or known what to do with that or rejected it, right? We can, that's a whole, whole long conversation of itself. But, um, you know, for me, when I connect into that material reality, which is also divine, right? The, the Christ is that contact point between the divine and the material, and we all have that Christ within us. So I experience that in my body in ways that are just... Um, it's like this humming. It's like a, a cellular vibration, almost at like a quantum level. And there's a, an interconnection in that. There's an entanglement. I go into the We Space groups, and um, you know, we'll be in the space together, and I'll, I'll focus on someone, and I can feel energy for them in a part of my body. And sometimes it relates to a, you know, a metaphorical picture of of some kind of spiritual message. Sometimes it relates to pain or healing or things that, that are going on in people's lives in a bodily sense. And I can, I can physically feel them. Um, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, has developed. I didn't, didn't always have that, uh, <laughs> certainly not earlier in life. And, um, you know, so there is a definitely a sense of grounding to the earth and being rooted and embodied in our presence, where we are, where we live, you know, um, I think that's really important, <laughs> right? To be present, to be engaged uh, and embodied as mystics, um, but then also to understand that our body uh, communicates to us. Our body has deep forms of knowing and uh, interconnection that, that we don't always experience if we're not open to it. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, I know that uh, when I spoke to Paul years ago, 
Um, Paul, you had, um, I had asked you about your practices after I had read your book. I had reached out, and um, at the time, you, you, you had spoken about moving up the chakras, but you also included this capacity to feel connection to the earth. And so you, you had mentioned when I had said, well, you know, tell me about how you move into a spirit zone in your daily practices. And you had said uh, a spirit zone, by the way, is one of your key phrases that I absolutely love. When you, you had mentioned that you saw my guitars in my office through my picture. You know, and when we, when we play, uh, you know, with, uh, with various musicians, we always say, ah, we got into the zone. And you know the zone is that sweet spot where mu you're not playing music, music is playing through you. And uh, so I was able to correlate a spirit zone through my experiences as a musician. But I'm wondering, Paul, how did you make that connection that, you know, since starting first with your feet, where did that come from? Um, well... Uh, knowing to go with my feet came through my research. Uh, I, I do an enormous amount of reading and research because I, I, uh, I actually I, I hesitate to, to advocate something nobody else has advocated before. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I look for research both east and west and academic and other yeah, things. That's, I just want to toot Paul's horn on that. Like he doesn't show it, you know, like if you read Paul, you don't not always see it, a bunch of footnotes or his, his weekly writings on our website. I mean, the amount of reading and study that goes into those is just astounding and incredible. And he doesn't flout it. You would never know that necessarily. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. Paul, I just admire that so much. You know, you're, you're coming at all of this with drawing from sources from all over, like you were saying, different traditions. And that's just, just wonderful. So I know you're being humble about that, but I, I just, got to puff that up a little bit for you <laughs> right on okay uh and and i found that that uh well, one i started off with the idea that a mind focused prayer and meditation was really incomplete actually i i i I've what i realize now it's a very patriarchal practice mm. it it's, it's come from a bunch of celibate men who live in monasteries who don't talk to women at all and they don't talk to each other either their primary practices in the monastery is sit sit still and be quiet and that's that's the way they meditate too <laughs> and so uh, I, uh, I I was looking for other ways that people connected and I, and I found that that uh, 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 some some uh, um, spiritual teachers, uh, advocated that, and I had tried it a little bit in my past, and so as I tried it, I found out it was very, very uh, energizing for me, and uh, I began finding more and more people that advocated uh, grounding, as they called it, and uh, as a matter of fact, for a while I did a, I, uh, uh, there's a MD, Dr. Sinatra, that advocates earthing, which is where you have a pad that's connected to the ground, and if you're in a tall building, you could put your feet right on the ground by putting your feet on that pad. Use it for a while. I don't need it anymore. I just see my roots going down to the wherever the ground is and into the center of the earth. And uh, so, so experiencing that was really grounding. When I when I used to go out to the park to do my running, I would always find my favorite tree and hug it. And I used to wonder what. Why am I doing this? And at first, I'd make sure I was on the opposite side from any other runners, so they wouldn't laugh at me. And uh, but I just got so much out of hugging this tree, and uh, now I know why, because it was it was grounding me. And there were these tree roots, and and now now when I'm trying to do grounding in my apartment here, I can look out the, the window and see a tree, and I look at it and I feel that hugging the tree and I'm grounded again and then just something happens in your body you feel anchored and, and connected and theologically as Luke and I have explored this we realize it's because uh, we're connecting with material reality all all of the material reality of the cosmos and my one of my favorite theologians Ramon Panikar 
uh, uh, posits that 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 Christ is is everything. The, the, the word Christ is a Christian symbol for for everything. And uh, um, sorry, uh, Christ is a Christian symbol for everything, and, and that's material reality, divine reality, and human reality. And so uh, there was material reality just energizing me, and and I love that. So I I don't know if that answers your question or not. Oh, absolutely. And and I'm gonna say something real quick. I I draw such inspiration to know that an Enneagram one. Uh, can do something along those lines that goes and hugs the tree. Uh, and I'm going to say specifically a male uh, Enneagram one who is out of the West, you know, uh, shaped by the West, um, although liberated now uh, beyond uh, those categories. But, um, you know, sometimes I have felt a little strange, uh, you know, not that I haven't had my struggles with echo spirituality in, in my life, certainly being shaped by my context and, and, and you know, uh, my my own uh, religion of origin and, and culture of origin and family of origin. But I have trees in my front yard and plants. I have a succulent garden here in um, a larger L.A. area. And uh, they've become very dear friends. I, I get to see them every day that I, I get to go out into my yard and water them and, and draw energy from them and care for them because they care for me. They, they provide oxygen. And anyway... It's just, you know, I, I know, Luke, you know, you're, I, I believe you've been, I, I believe you identify um, from, from five space and, uh, and, and Paul, you from one. But I, it's like, oh, man, I, I'm so thankful that, that someone from gut space can, <laughs> I, I hope that sits okay with you. Uh, I just, I find that beautiful. Well, sure. And of course, I, I remember our conversation in the car back there in Santa Barbara when when you own to me that you're a four, and I thought, oh, that fits because you're so warm and connecting, and uh, just uh, I I love being with you, and uh, uh, and so I that that's of course what what reaches people when they're around you, so we all have our uh, have our thing. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. right off the bat, we've just outed our Enneagram types. We've outed our tree hugging. There we are. Yes. We've outed, Everything outed our sexuality. You know, it's just, it's great. We're open hearted. We're, <laughs> we're all up front. That's great. So, Paul, I was wondering too, if you might share a little bit about that same journey with the womb. Cause I imagine yes. that's a, a pretty new space for a lot of people as well that, you know, heart, head, you know, we're, we're maybe a little more familiar with those in the Christian tradition, but how did you come to, to womb? And certainly that ties in with the Enneagram gut center, you know, so, um, say a little bit more about that. Well, I like, uh, Adia Shante. Uh, so, uh, I, I, I like his book about Christ and, and in general, I like him. And, uh, I, I heard him talking about the, the womb space or the gut. And so I decided to try it, and uh, nothing happened <laughs> because I was so out of touch with that part of me. But I once again I researched, and 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 came more and more to see the significance of that. But in in, in Eastern uh, Eastern practice, that's called hara, and uh, that's the that's the big center for uh, Japanese spirituality, and so. Uh, Little by little, as I would rest my attention in my womb or my gut and put my hands on my tummy and move them around, little by little, I began to get little intuitions, uh, little sensations. And uh, I'm a slow learner in this, so that was like, what, a year or two ago. And... uh, and I realized here recently uh, when we meet with the we, our we space groups on Zoom, uh, Luke, uh, when, when I, uh, I, I, I often uh, mostly I'm in my heart, sending my heart energy to the faces on the on the Zoom panel. But now I move down to my womb, my gut, and there's this tremendous energy that pours out from my gut. I, I don't know what it is yet, but it's it's really strong. And it moves out to other people, and 
<laughs> I, I, I thought the other day, I hope this doesn't feel like a gut punch <laughs> to people I'm sending this to, because it was really strong in me. And it was another way of connecting with people, uh, connecting at that level, um, which is which is also uh, it, it's a, a non-genital erotic way of connecting with people, which is which is our, our yearning, our yearning for the infinite and our yearning for God. And uh, so uh, that that's uh, that's starting to grow in me. But I, I'm way I'm I'm way behind in that, I feel like. And just to connect this to um, the the uh, Christian spirituality, you tied this to um, the Gospel of John, uh, where the the word by most translators uh, it gets translated as belly. Again, going back to that patriarchal influence, uh, but the word there in Greek actually means womb. Can you say more about how you ex- how you discovered that? Now, be Doug, you're you're one of those persons who actually reads those things we write. Every <laughs> That's Sunday. wonderful. <laughs> yeah, there the Greek word there is kolia, and every other place it's translated womb, and that place where Jesus said, "Out of your belly or innermost being is going to flow rivers of living water," uh, the translators early on could not bring themselves to talk about men in their wombs, and so they translated it belly. But it's really womb, and 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 then John said, interpreted Jesus as saying that living water would come out of our womb. He said Jesus was talking about spirit, and I understand spirit to be the the flow of higher consciousness of awakening that I- energy which is called ki and all sorts of other things in other places but it's this beautiful energy that that comes from our divine self in our womb and uh so i i i i i'm really drawn to that place where jesus talks about our womb and it sounds i i love it because i i know men I mean, we occasionally have a man say, "A man say, I just, I just, I don't have a womb, and I just can't say that word womb." <laughs> and I think, well, Jesus did, so that's that's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, women have had to put up with a lot of patriarchal language. That's so, right. So we can we can flip the script a little. Well, you know, and Paul, with your, you know, being a, an Enneagram one and a gut person, and that's that's more often talked about gut or hara. So I love that we bring in the womb that you, you know, that's the language we use because it is really a space of new life, of God continuously creating us from within. Uh, it is it is a space of our deepest identity. Um, so me being a head type, a head person, uh, you know, connecting to my my heart was always a big part of my journey. I was always aware of that. It's like, OK, five, five spanning the wing four. That's a big journey. I got to work on that. I've always tried to sort of reintegrate my heart in my journey. But then when you introduce the womb in that space as a place of spiritual practice, you know, that was something new, not just this kind of instinctual center that, you know, uh, how we experience things and, 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 and whatnot, but actually a a space of spiritual knowing and, uh, a center of being to move into in meditation. So, you know, that's a new thing for me as well, um, that I'm still learning and exploring, but it is, it is this deeply, uh, intuitive sensing space, right? It doesn't come forth in words or, um, or thoughts very often. Sometimes there's a a knowing intuition that just emerges, right? Maybe the gut people out there know what what I'm talking about more than I do (laughs) probably. Um, but there's also this deeper womb, this space of going within to, to the sort of primordial source of, of where everything is coming from, the creation of all things. And, and in that space, it's sort of like we're all together and being before we are manifest, before we are made into being in our individual self. Um, so that's been a really powerful experience for me as well, just like sinking into that space and meditation. And and it is a space of connecting inwardly. And I've also been experiencing it outwardly, like like you have not quite the gut punch, but <laughs> more of a more of like an enveloping wrapping of of, you know, and that's really, you know, a lot of people have talked about this time right now where. Uh, it, it is a womb, right? We're we're in the process, hopefully, right? Hopefully, of birthing a new way of being, a new new way of living in the world, and um, we can draw a lot from that 
that metaphor, but also that experiential space within us to, to remember what it's like to be in a womb and, and live from that knowing. Well, and you bring that up, there's a lot of gut energy in a riot. Uh, there's a lot of gut energy in protest. And, and uh, as I've gotten in touch with my gut, I, what I realize is I've always lived my life from that place. I just didn't know it. I thought it was because of my giant intellect, <laughs> but it was just my guts. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I realized I, I would go, I would see something, and my gut would say, "This is right. This is this is where you need to be," and nobody could stop me. And so <laughs> I, I went that way. And fortunately, my church always agreed to follow me. Uh, but that's uh, that that's uh, there. That's the. Uh, the riots that were going on down the street from where I live in Kansas City were uh, those are those that's gut energy and gut energy can produce change, could produce wonderful change, and so uh, of course Jesus I guess was was all 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 points on the enneagram, but I think I see he had some gut energy there too. Yeah, and I know we've talked about before as well, like that. Um... Yeah, of course, there's a shadow side to it all, right? Where you, <laughs> yeah. you just, you've talked about if you just go with gut energy, right? You can, you can cause a lot of damage. And sometimes that force can be, can be really helpful. And sometimes it can be uh, a lot <laughs> for, for, for those around us. So it's, you know, it's, it's an integration, right? It's a, it's an owning of space of, of being present in all of those body centers and heart head gut and then including the feet and the whole embodiment as well is how we try to approach it right <laughs> well a deeply deeply embedded social systems do not change without without lots of energy and lots of gut energy from the people who say this must change this must change and uh, that means conflict conflict follow jesus around all the time so uh, i think i think I feel I feel hopeful at this current conflict. I hope it's enough conflict to produce change, and I I love it. Yeah, the way that we're trying to frame it in in my context is that we want a movement, not a moment, or that mm. the moment leads to a movement, or out of this mm. moment comes a movement. Because and I completely uh, resonate with what's being shared in the sense that um, it's. This, this movement or this moment that we're in right now requires more than just our thinking center. It has to sink down into embodiment and mm. into a sense of not just personal individualized embodiment, but the embodiment that, that creates the we space or connects the we space. And that from that we space, there's a wisdom that comes from ground up, uh, you know, connected to the earth connected with each other, sharing the same spirit breath. You know, I was in a protest here in, in my area, and um, we we wailed for eight minutes and 48 seconds uh, mm. in, in our city, and it was like this giant lament. We weren't fixing anything. We weren't just decrying. We, we were weeping and wailing and making noise, um, and it was very powerful. We, it was. I, there were some rabbis that I, that were near me, and I said, "Is this what you mean by lamentations? By entering into lament?" And they said, "Yes. This is it. This is how we wail." And from there, it, it's kept this movement going. And and I, I just want to connect it to what you had shared a moment ago, uh, Luke. That it does feel like the whole globe, um, especially in a post-internet world. <laughs> This whole globe is in this very strange, unique uh, womb space where we can't go back to normal. Uh, um, I don't want to rabbit trail too far into this, but I just want to connect it to the ground, to the earth, to this whole ecosystem that we're all participating in. These kinds of practices really help us to remind us that, that we are not just connected, we're interconnected. And how we navigate through this time is there's something at stake. There's, there's a, we, all, we all have an opportunity here, no matter where we're at on any spectrum of development, or uh, we have an opportunity here to um, perhaps in some small way heal as a human family. Mm. 
David, you are so eloquent. I love to hear you describe these things. That's that's beautiful. Uh, I've been recently uh, putting moanings and groanings and sounds to the various spaces of body knowing. And the gut sound for me has been, ah. And uh, so that, that's been uh, uh, helpful. Uh, and, and, and hearing you now, I could, I could, I could, maybe, maybe that's a lament. Oh, I guess a lament can come from our hearts, maybe more. But I, I love, I'd have made a good church member for you. I love to hear you talk. <laughs> well, it also can come from our womb very much because it's, you know, mm. thinking about my, my wife's childbirth experiences and, mm. Absolutely. You know, moanings that come from that. And, you know, that's a that's a another point of, you know, this integration with the feminine and the masculine. Right. Of bringing those those energies together and reintegrating those. You know, we've we've talked about the patriarchal history of, of Christianity a couple of times here. And so that that really um there's a feminine energy in that space as well that is very powerful, very forceful, you know, if you've ever experienced a childbirth. <laughs> you know, I'd almost like to, no, to jump in in that sense that says, you know, and as I was listening to you speak, uh, Paul, you know, the Apostle Paul was saying to Romans that the earth itself is groaning, that create that cosmos is groaning, and, and that mm-hmm. spirit, as we pray... Uh, there's groans inexpressible, you know, and so he, you could see that in his spirituality, he, he had a very gutsy, um, and he included that in the things he was transmitting to his, his students and, and friends that there is this groan that we're all participating in. And he, and here we are, I mean, you know, over 2000 years later, beginning to understand, I think that's what he was talking about. I think that, the, that right now, the human family, the, the the ecology that we're all participating in is going through a groaning moment. That there's almost this birth pangs that we're going through, and um, there's something uh, uns- beautifully unsettling by, by through it, and then also exciting. Who knows what's going to be on the other side of this pandemic? Um, but there is something that that we can operate with a little bit of hope. That as all you know the the plagues of egypt are going on right now we got murder hornets we we just uh, had an earthquake last night a 5.5 out in ridgecrest we you know we've got these riots and we got looting and we've got protesting and you know we've got a, a crazy president who doesn't he changes his mind every hour you know we, what it, you got locusts in got india locusts. i mean uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the plagues have hit the earth and yet in the middle of this there's this uh sense of liberation that's going on well and so it's exciting to be able to enter into a conversation like this where uh, we are endeavoring to look at it from a, a higher perspective, from a integrated perspective. And so I just want to say I appreciate this conversation very much. And Luke, would you mind um, sharing with our listeners uh, a way in which um, they can get involved in, in what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the... I mentioned before the embodied mysticism, right? The the way that we engaging in this is how we show up more fully to the world because we are more integrated, we're more whole. And um, we also, in our spirituality, recognize that we're not individual. We're not separate from everything that's going on here. We're not separate from the people who are hurting and wounded and, and oppressed. And, um, you know, the, that separate self maybe sometimes seek isolation or, or even in a mystical sense, seek, seek separation or, or rising above it. Right. But we are present, embodied, engaged mystics to be, uh, people of love and connection in the world. And so we, I believe that that happens through community and practice, right. From having people that we can come together with, um, to develop in this way, to become more whole, more integrated, to know, um, to have these types of mystical spiritual experiences because they transform us, because they deepen us into being more wholehearted, whole embodied, present people that can see beyond our own narrow individual perspectives and and move into this interconnectedness, into this um, 
just broader way of being and living. And so we do that primarily through our WeSpace groups, which are uh, online communities that, that meet every couple weeks and uh, do this whole body mystical awakening practice together to grow in that. And we share life and talk about what's going on and process and uh, just support one another in that. So um, they're really, really beautiful. Like Paul mentioned earlier, he and I uh, get the privilege of launching each of these groups. We're with them the first three times they meet and kind of helping model and, and explain things. And so we get to hear all the stories of just these amazing people. You know, one, one of my big passions and archetypes is that of a gatherer and just, you know, connecting people from all across the world. We have people in nine different countries and uh, mostly English speaking. We do have a German speaking group and some Spanish speakers as well, but it's, it's just gathering these people together and hearing their stories is just incredible. I mean, all of these people who've, who've been walking this path through Christianity, through, um, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of gunk, a lot of garbage, and also a lot of goodness and love and hope. And, um, it's just astounding that the people that, that come into these groups and find community with one another. So we, yeah, these groups are just ongoing. We, we have new groups starting, uh, you know, uh, every so often, usually fall, summer and, and January, new year. So, you know, uh, I think that means our next round will be in the fall and September, but, uh, yeah, jumping into these groups is, is really the way that we're seeking to form mystical community and, and help, uh, support each other in the evolution of Christianity for the future. Why don't you tell people how they contact us? Uh -huh. Yeah, I should probably include that. Well, the best way is our website, www.integralchristiannetwork.org. Uh, and there you can read more and learn more information about those groups. And uh, I think we mentioned also as well, Paul, Paul or I have a writing every Sunday on, on exploring these themes more. And of course, we'll have more podcasts talking about all these things and engaging more in depth. And, and Paul will have you back on here for sure many times. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if the uh, Reverend Paul Smith would uh, have a, a benediction as we wrap up this podcast. Any final words that you'd like to pass on to us? Oh, my. Well, you guys are so wonderful to be with. This is the highlight of my day is seeing your two beautiful faces. And Luke is such a soulmate. And thank you, David. For for doing this with us, uh, and uh, I am I am so grateful and thankful for what's happening uh, with what we're doing, and I uh, thankful to Jesus and to God and to my guides and Mary and anybody else that's listening for all this wonderful stuff. <laughs>